I've researched a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really good at research, and I, I research a lot of things. And then, you know, well, they don't know. I'm an overthinker. <laughs> I will overthink the overthink. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is, as you think, your thoughts are thinking about those thoughts. Yes. <laughs> Yes, so like um, it takes me, I will talk myself out of something before I even start the something that I got into. Welcome everybody to the second episode of Elevating Entrepreneurs. I am DeConte Allen and I'm with my lovely wife. Shanae Allen, hey. Yes, yes. So we are here. We are here with the second episode and one of the things about recording yourself and I guess you could say providing content is you get a chance to kind of fix some of the things that may be broken but not really broken uh really just kind of learn to see you know one of the things I know about video videoing yourself you can kind of see uh things that you can kind of help to make it better if you will and one of the things I was looking um, at the episode when I was putting the YouTube portion, the video portion, and I was like, oh, my goodness, why was I trying to look at the camera? Why was I saying um and smacking and different things like that? And I was like, I don't talk like that normally. Why am I doing it now? What do you think? You think it's like a nerve thing? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely kind of, nerves. Yeah, so we were just, we was like, yeah, I said, you know what, sweetie? I said, we just need to have a conversation and just invite you guys into our conversation. And I think it's going to go a lot smoother. Right. And, you know, I was looking kind of chunky on that first episode. So, So, you know, as these episodes go on, y'all just watch me slim on down just a little bit, you know. (laughs) My baby fine, though. You fine, girl. Anyway, so uh, one of the things that I did want to uh, make mention of so and talking about the whole um, seeing how things are and making things better, uh, I was thinking about the first time when we did our test run at, at the podcast. And so we we did it and, uh, and I, I felt like it flowed a lot smoother because we wasn't being videoed and we were just kind of engaging in that conversation, too. And um, uh my wife, uh, she listened to it. She uh, she was like, nah, we ain't going to drop that one. <laughs> but I felt like it was good. But I'm glad we have we have a starting point now. And so we can kind of build build on that. Yeah. And, and as we gradually get, you know, into it more, we'll become, you know, better at it. And y'all will see us get better at it. So y'all will be along for the ride, I guess. Yeah. So y'all get a chance to see us grow. So I think that's an awesome thing. And so um, one of the other things that um, I think I'm going to do. So with uh, the equipment that I got, I just pretty much got it to where we can kind of streamline, have nice, good sound. Good. We just want it to be a nice experience. But uh, I want to be able to give some more angles because on the video side, you kind of got to keep you engaged and actively engaged. Like when I watch other videos and stuff like that, I see like the different angles, The like when I'm talking, the camera coming on this, that and the other. But we'll get to that point. But I was like, I could I could use what I have. I was like, I got two iPads, one of them, the kids and destroyed the screen on. Tragic. It still works. It still works, though. And so the camera is it works fine. So I was like, I could do a couple of angles on that. And so I may end up 
uh, incorporating that just to get the video aspect a little bit more entertaining um, as we um, grow, you know, grow with it and everything. So, but I try to tell him that we don't have it to have everything right now. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it is what it is. When I, you know, when I get my, when I get in my zone, you know, I'm I'm low in Amazon. Up. <laughs> <laughs> Out. I'm telling you. So today, t- today's episode, uh, as you can see it in the title, um, we want to talk about developing as an entrepreneur, developing as an entrepreneur. And and man, I tell you, it's I, I think it's nothing like being able to to be developed. Um, um, have you ever had a mentor? Uh, no. I mean, besides me. No. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, let me rephrase the question. Have you ever had a distance mentor, not like a hands-on coach or mentor, but somebody that that you kind of seen making moves or doing things, but kind of mentored you from a distance without them actually knowing that they were mentoring you? I've watched people. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, you know, I've I've watched <laughs> I've watched people on their journey yeah. and was like, okay, you know, I can adapt that and you know tweak it a little bit, add that to my, you know, yeah, kind of make it my your sauce. Own. You yeah. Know. So, w- did you like so with that? Um, was it like the same person that you kind of watched and allowed to kind of give you that insight or that that you? You know what? I actually got a little of everything from a lot of different people and just kind of mixed it up and came with my own little secret sauce, I might say. I got you. I got you. I well, I I like to say I had I've had like some some mentorship. Um, I think kind of a combination of of hands on and distance. and I think that was it was kind of key in my development because one of the things I know as entrepreneurs we'll do a lot of research. We, you know, we if we're something that we're kind of in, in, interested in, we'll start doing research. So naturally, we'll gravitate towards those people that's kind of doing or showing the things that we're looking into. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a form of mentorship. I get. I, would you say? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I I researched a lot. Yeah. I'm really good at researching. I, I research a lot of things. And then, you know, well, they don't know. I'm an overthinker. <laughs> I will overthink the overthink. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is, as you think, your thoughts are thinking about those thoughts. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, like, um, it takes me, I will talk myself out of something before I even start the something that I got into. So it's like I have to research something. Um, so perfect example. Um, before the whole virgin hair thing started um, with a lot of people, um, my mom has been wearing like Indian hair since I was like a little girl. And um, it was this lady um, downtown L.A. Um, who sold the Indian hair. But this lady, you would have to go to her house and all she had was the raw hair in bulks Mm -hmm. and she would have to sew it on the whiff. So you would have to sit there and she would like stitch this hair on the whiff 
why he sat there. So, but only like the exclusive people knew about this lady or whatever. So, so your mama was exclusive. Yeah, you know, back then my mom was what they, you know, they my mom was the joint back then, you know. But um, so we would go to this lady, and then um, as I got older, I was like. Yeah, you know, they when when everybody started like, you know, I would start seeing I was like, you know what? They were talking about the whole virgin hair thing. I think this was back in like two thousand six, two thousand eight. And I was like, I want I wanna sell hair. So I was trying to reach out to my mom about this lady or whatever, and she was like, I hadn't heard from that lady in years. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know, I don't do my research. I was like, I know the lady's from India. Yeah. And I know she would go to India and get this hair. And so, um, man, I, I found my own hair supplier. But I was so nervous to sell the hair to other people. Like, I bought the hair. I was like, you know what? I got to test this hair out. I got to, you know what I mean? I was so nervous to buy it because it was from overseas. So I had to figure out how to get, you know, get the hair or whatever. And then... Um, you know, back then sending money over there, you don't want to send all this money and then somebody keep your money. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay. Then that's when I, you know, the PayPal came in. You know, PayPal wasn't real big back then though. So it was like reaching out, you know, trying to figure out how to work PayPal and get an account with PayPal so that, and then I realized like, oh man, like, so if they don't send me this, I'm going to get my money back? Man, that was old. After that, I was like, okay, cool. So I'm a, so I started ordering hair and stuff. But still, I was still too nervous to sell the hair because I was like, man, what if that, what if they put something in the hair? Somebody be allergic to the hair and I would get sued. It was just a whole bunch of stuff. I was just overthinking it just too, too much. But I had met so many people who would be um who would be like so interested in my hair. So it kind of was like I had to um you know, get to it basically. Yeah. Like, cause it was, my clients was like, we want some hair, but I kind of overthought it, overthought it, overthought it till they was like, girl, just give us the hair. I gotcha. So, so I think if I, if I heard it correctly, I see that you, um, you did some research after you encountered this lady and then, then you had like some, some, thinking and then some overthinking in the process to be able to try to analyze even getting over certain hurdles to well let me ask this before uh, I, I go there uh is that how you got into ordering hair mm-hmm. so that was the experience so after that encounter that got you into ordering the hair and stuff okay interesting never knew that um so okay so with that um would you say when did you know that you were an overthinker, though? Oh, that was since I was a kid. I overthink everything. Straight up. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. And y'all, you know, our kids are here and they are doing the most. <laughs> but look, we do what we do. We podcasting around here. And so. <laughs> so uh, in developing as an entrepreneur in developing as an entrepreneur, um, what do what would you say what would you say was one of like the or what would you say is one of the key ingredients to your development as an entrepreneur trust yourself oh that's good that's good trust yourself um try not to overthink too much because you'll overthink so much that you talk yourself out of 
something good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And um, you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if you don't try, that idea that you overthought and talked yourself out of. <laughs> they doing the most. We're good. That you over. You We're know, unfiltered with it. <laughs> y'all, all that noise is our children that we told to come in here quietly. They're TikToking and they can actually do that in their rooms. Doing the most. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you'll talk yourself out of a great idea and you'll prolong it so long that that idea that you thought about mm-hmm. somebody else end up doing it and then yeah, you're yeah. gonna be looking like be feeling some kind of way. Yeah, like man. oh man, I've been thought about that. I should've you know what I mean? What you say. But it still doesn't mean that you can't do it because, you know, just because somebody else does it doesn't mean you can't do it. Johnson and Johnson make lotion. And everybody else is so many people that make lotion. So, facts. I mean, big facts. Yeah. So, I, um, yeah, I like that, um, you know, trusting yourself because, um, I guess you could say you're, you know, we each of us, I believe God just give, give each of us abilities to do things. You know, I know one of the things, um, in the scripture says, whatever we put our hands to shall prosper. But if you don't put your hands to nothing, how can God get an opportunity to prosper it if you're not doing it and you ain't trusting your the abilities that He's giving you enough to even do it, right? Right. And so, um, and uh, I think too, uh, one of the uh, key things for me, like in my development, was probably like um, reading, um, reading, and, and then just I guess kind of getting exposed to people that that were doing things differently than what I was used to seeing. And um and that that was like real big in my development and in my growth and stuff like that. Um and I, and I just feel like there's so many different avenues that you could take to develop as an entrepreneur. Um I think well, your your upbringing was a little different from mine because you got a chance to see how your mama could move as an entrepreneur and um and I I didn't have none of that, so you were able to kind of see some of it. <laughs> looking some kind of way <laughs> yeah so so in case y'all didn't know um we had a brief moment where we had to do a little correcting for the kids where mama had to get on to them you know what I'm saying so but um so and and, and backing up uh I'm sure you're enjoying the episode but I had to take a moment to tell you your dream is important uh but what's more important is making those dreams a reality So this is what I did for you. I've strategically, I'm talking about strategically created a workbook called the Dream Workbook, and it's designed to help you manifest those dreams. So it's no need to delay any longer. Click the link below. Your work awakes. And remember, a little time working on your goals will birth your dreams. Get back on to that episode. One of the things that I know that um, I didn't experience growing up was seeing any type of entrepreneurship uh, before me. Like uh, my my pops, he was uh, big on, you know, getting a good job and and just going to work and paying your bills. Uh, my my mom, she worked, you know, but none of them, no, nobody ever talked to me about entrepreneurship. Nobody in my family. I never seen none of nobody doing anything like that. So I wasn't exposed to none of that. So it was kind of interesting how I was able to venture off into that avenue. 
I was like, man, I, I don't really, I don't even know what triggered that. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, most of the times, you, you know, when you grow up into something, you ch- kind of like follow that pattern. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I, I would see in my dad, like I, I had a big, strong interest in electronics, which I still do, Excuse me. which I still do. But I, I didn't see entrepreneurship. But if I had seen it early on, like how would that have impacted my life? Right. As an entrepreneur, because, you know, apparently it was in me. <laughs> I just didn't know it. Um, and then I know you said that your mom, you know, she was pretty much an entrepreneur, but she wasn't, um, really, I think you said, uh, she didn't really like save the money or how, how did you say it? I don't know. You said she, she wasn't financially responsible. Right. Right. And so, and, but you know, I think that kind of happens to a lot of us, you know, once we start making money quickly, uh, I think we go through a phase and I think that's too a part of the development because, um, us we haven't you know per se had like a lot of those opportunities at the gate you know what I'm saying and so we we kind of dig ourselves from a different mindset um and I think uh I think the more that we develop as entrepreneurs especially like in this day and age because it's a lot different from how it used to be and I think that we have a chance to kind of change the generational um influences if you will that that's that's been you know going on I can definitely see the the way you can be financially irresponsible because, mm-hmm. you know, and I can say that I'm financially responsible, but in some ways I can be financially irresponsible. Mm-hmm. I just. How can I put it? I'm going to save some money. Yeah, but I'm going to spend some money. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I could be more financially responsible than than I am. Um, I think that where, you know, when I first started out where, um, you know, where $10 used to be, um, well, let's put it like this, like now $1,000 is like $100. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Versus. From back in the day to now. Yeah. yeah so yeah. like. You you spending thousands like one, like yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> it's like versus where you know back then you know you spend a thousand dollars that's like a whole month. You know you don't spend a thousand dollars in a whole month. Yeah. Versus now it's like you done spent a thousand dollars in one day, and you like a couple thousand in one day, and you like. Yeah. When that happened, like yeah. I did that, you yeah. know. So that's when you start looking back at your financials, and you're like, "Wait a minute." Yeah, <laughs> oh, you know. would you say this? Uh, okay, so would you say that, like, if, like, say, I, this is what I noticed. So, like, if business kind of slows down and the income isn't coming as fast as it was or as steady as it was, and so when you see like certain things like the account is not actually sustaining itself or growing, but it's kind of getting a little lower, a little lower. Would you say that that is that would make you start going to see how you were spending? Yes. Yeah, that's what I because uh, that's what happened to me. Um, so once I once things start really kind of taking off with the company and I was just like, man, look at this. I, I, I done ran through some money because, well, you know. 
because <laughs> you used to tell me all the time, babe, you spend a lot of money. And so but in my doing that, I was um, I wasn't always just like buying some of anything, but I was investing into the business, too. But I was uh, one of the things I, I'm, I'm grateful that you were you were mention because it will keep resonating with me. You will always say, do you need it, though? Do you need to get that much? Do you have to? You know what I'm saying? And so I was thinking of, OK, if I go ahead and get it because I was looking at my timing. So if I'm going to the store, I might as well get enough to where I ain't got to go back as quick. Right. But not not realizing that, hey, if I if I get like a certain amount and then I utilize it to grow the funds and then uh, come and let's say let's say uh, get like a month worth of inventory. I have to put it in a, in a scenario. So say I get a month worth of in inventory versus three months worth of inventory. All right. So if I get the month, then I can go ahead and make that money. But also I'm, I, I still got, I got three months worth of income that I could have purchased the inventory with, but I just did the month. So now I'm growing that amount uh, or, or getting that amount of money to come in, but I still have some other money that, that, was allocated for inventory but now if I, since I didn't spend it right then if another opportunity comes to where I can like move that money that I, that what would have been spent I could you know possibly have an opportunity that I could just kind of capitalize on you know and uh and you know we know the likes of business credit and stuff like that um that we can kind of use but sometimes having the cash to do certain things can kind of move a little quicker versus waiting on approval or doing different things you know and so i think that was you know one of the things i was real thankful that you know i kept you i kept hearing you say in my ear you know like babe do you need it now do you need that much or do you this that and the other and so uh that and that helps me in my development as a business owner yeah, I was just going to say, and that mm -hmm. goes back to developing as an entrepreneur. You yeah. basically, um, you learn, you learn your business as you go. Yeah, You're learning, um, you know, you're learning from your mistakes that you're making. You're learning um, what, what you need and what you don't need, um, what you need to do more of and what you can cut back on and things like that. So it kind of helps. Um, but I always... You know, I always tell people that, like, you know, the service business is like the best kind of entrepreneurship to be in because you can make the most money spending little to no money. Basically, you don't need much. Yeah, I well, I I'll say I won't say it's the best, but I'll say it's one of it's one of the easier ways to yeah. make money without uh, actually needing certain things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the reason is, is because if you can uh, leverage, leverage those services, you know, because a lot of times in the services business, it requires your presence. Or mm -hmm. if you put things in place like employees of people, then, you know, you'll be in good shape to where you're not too, too much hands on. Mm -hmm. But it also puts you in a position to where you can kind of control the flow of your money and you can move it in other areas. Like one thing I like that you do is that you diversify, but it's all up under the umbrella of the things that you do in, in the beauty industry. You know, everything, honestly, that you've done outside of the real estate portion of it is, you know, centered around the beauty environment. And so, you know, I'm a hairstylist, so I use these products. So, hey, why not have my own products that I could, you know, sell and use and stuff like that? So, And that's, that's yeah. part of the residual 
residual part. That's the stuff yeah. that you have coming in where you don't have to do anything. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That helps you. Like what I tell people all the time, I'm like, I want to get to a point where I make money in my sleep. I don't have to do anything. Yeah. You know, I don't, you know, that part of it, you really don't have to do, you know, you do the leg work in the beginning, but after that, it kind of makes it. Makes it do itself. Yeah. Cause uh, one of the things I know, um, what was it? The edge control, mm-hmm. man. That stuff you couldn't keep that stuff in, and I was like, man, you know that in the oil, that hair mm-hmm. growth oil, it goes like crazy. Yeah, so you know, but I think it's cool, you know, like the development, um, uh, developing as an entrepreneur, uh, just has so many different, so many different angles um, that you can just experience as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And so I just I just think that's dope, man. Um, I just I enjoy entrepreneurship. I really do. Um, so I know that you've been in entrepreneurship for a while. And one of the things I I would like um, like to talk about, because I think this was kind of key in your development when you when you were working towards opening up your shop. Um, so when you. When you decided, you know, I'm going to open up a shop, uh, at that moment, um, your development, if you can think of what what was your mindset like as far as your development? And or, or let me ask this. Why did you feel like that was a move you needed to make? Because too many people was coming to my house. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I am. I don't like company. <laughs> I don't like company. And... Um, it got to the point to where, um, well, first of all, how I take my clients is like um, I only take clients like word of mouth. I don't do walk-ins. I've actually never did the walk-in thing mm-hmm. um, when I did hair at home. You know how people, I only do appointments only, and you had to be referred by someone. It never was where you can just go on there and make an appointment and you are a random person. I I didn't start taking um, appointments from new clients that I did not know until I opened my salon. So you could not come to my house unless someone that I knew knew you. Um, Because people are weirdos. (laughs) Like. You know, let's just get that out there. People are weirdos. (laughs) And um, so it got to the point to where I had so many clients that it was just so many people coming to my house. And I was like, you know what? I need to go ahead and just invest in myself and um, try to find me a location. And so I was really, really nervous. But it was something that I had been wanting to do since I was like 18 years old. I had always said that I was going to have me a salon. And um, I just was like, you know what? It's time. And so I remember the first people I told about it was my kids. I think my son might have been like 11. And they were like so excited. They were so excited about it. And I had them like um, we were all in the car and I had them on a hunt with me. And I was like, if y'all see a building, I need y'all to point it out. And so we were riding down the street in Sarah Land and they were they actually found the building. And so they were like, Mom, right there, right there. So we stopped and we called the lady. But I had been saving. Um, I had been saving for a while. I think I had saved for a, almost a year. I had been saving money um, to get 
me a space um, because I didn't want to get the space and go and be in debt. And so um, my uncle, Carl Simpson, shout out to him. um, He always said that um, businesses that start in debt usually end up closing in the first year. Wow. So, um, and this was just like, um, we would always talk, you know, I would tell him about business. And I remember when I was like 18, he was like, if you write me a business plan, I'd give you a loan. Did you write it? No, because I was like, I don't want to do all that work. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was like, I'll give you a loan to start your business if you write me this business plan. And yeah, I never did it. Man. I should have. I would have been in business. Yeah, I was going to say, um, uh, like, so if you, well, think about this, though. So at 18, if you'd have wrote the business plan, well, for one, you kind of would have had a roadmap to follow because you had the plan, right? So ultimately, you probably would have been successful. But given the thought pattern at that time when you were 18, what outside of you saying you don't want to do the work, what made you say, I'm not going to do it this way? It was me thinking like, he going to give me this money and um, I'm going to be in there working and I'm going to have to be giving all this money to him to pay him back. That was my thing. <laughs> and I was like, I don't be, I don't want to work to pay somebody back. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then it was the thing that he told me about going into business and already being in debt. I'm like, shoot, if you give me the loan, I'm still going to be in debt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I was like, even though you are my uncle, I'm still in debt to you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um you don't think you had no grace there, just you know, Unc, I ain't got it this month. You know, <laughs> you know but you know what's so crazy is like um the whole overthink thing. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of OCD too. I don't like the old people. <laughs> I don't. Old people. <laughs> Sound like you said old. <laughs> no, I don't like the old people. Yeah, like I got you. that that gives me anxiety. Yeah. Knowing that I I owe something mm-hmm. like it freaks me out. Like yeah. I can't, I have to pay it. Yeah. You know, it'll just bother me all the time that I owe it. And um, so no matter what, I'll be upset, but I'm going to pay it. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm just working to pay somebody else. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, I don't want to do it. So um, like I said, I was working and I was working at the house and I was saving and um. I literally was like um, ordering a chair a week. <laughs> it's crazy. But and that's I was, smart, though. And I was like, um, so I bought like, um, it was like a station. It was like a lady in um, Baymanette. Yeah. She was selling like her salon stations. And they were like slightly new because she um, she just re- revamped her shop. Mm-hmm. And so I bought her salon stations from her. And um, basically what I was doing was I like I was ordering a chair a week and they were on back order anyway. So they were holding them. And so I was like, OK, I, I got like four chairs and then I ordered the salon. I got the salon stations from this lady in Baymanette. Mm-hmm. And um, I asked her, I said, well, can you just keep them in your storage until, you know, she was like, OK, cool. If you'll send the money. And I was like, OK, fine. I had went to see them and I paid the lady or whatever. So I was just kind of gradually buying this stuff and um i hadn't even had the building yet straight up so then um and like i said i had been saving so once i finally found the building um so you you started buying the stuff before you even found the building 
any conversation about the building to anybody per se. Like you hadn't reached out to nobody, but you see that that's dope. Cause all that tell me is that you had some kind of drive in you to this has got to happen. Well, remember I told you, um, that I would have these dreams. Yeah. Yeah. So I would always have these dreams and these dreams would tell me to do stuff. Mm -hmm. And I would think it was the craziest thing, but my crazy tail self would be doing it. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I was like, you know what? This can't be nobody but God. So let me just do what it's saying do. And I'm just (laughs) going to do it. And you know, if worst case, I'm going to have these chairs and we're going to be sitting up in here in this this front room. (laughs) So I would just, I would have these dreams telling me, but the dream told me that I was going to have my own shop. So I did whatever I was going to do. But at the same time, Somebody else that I knew was telling me, why are you going to waste money on a shop? And you could be right here working and doing this. And I was just like, no, I'm getting my own shop. So I I didn't even tell this certain person that I was getting a shop. It was just me and my kids um, surprise. That's what I told the kids. We was going (laughs) to we going to have this big surprise (laughs) and we can't tell nobody because it's just our little secret and it's going to be a surprise. So. Me and the kids went and found the shop. And then it was crazy because if anybody knows Sarah Lynn, Sarah Lynn is expensive. Mm. And I ended up finding this shop and it was $500. Nice. $500 a month. And it was huge. Straight up. And so I found it and I was so happy. <laughs> and, um, we finally told this person, but we was already had everything delivered in there, yeah. and we just needed the chairs put together. <laughs> so me and the kids had been setting it up and everything, but we couldn't get them chairs put together, so we needed some help. Straight up. And so, But, yeah, it was dope, though. But I had everything, and I was debt-free. That's awesome. Yeah, so um, so from that point, how would you say just um, – just to fast forward through your experience having a shop, you know, moving from the house, moving to the shop. Um, how would you say as an entrepreneur that developed you? I think it was it was great, actually. My clientele got even bigger with just me being there. I did realize that it wasn't for me. Straight up. It was not for me. Okay, so um, I did the whole hiring people, um, and it may have been different um, if I had been in maybe a bigger city. It may have been different, um, but um, not not here. Here it wasn't for me. Um, for one um, – I tell, I would say anybody who's going to open a salon, um, you should have strict rules. I say that um, you should do a a lease Mm. for each individual stylist that you have in your salon. You should do a security deposit um, for that and a key deposit, meaning that um, have them, you know, pay a deposit to return the key because those locks for commercial buildings are expensive. Mm-hmm. And if they don't return that key or if they make, you know, really honestly, when they you don't even want that key back, you want to change the locks because in a commercial locks are 
more expensive to, you know what I mean? Just because you want to, yeah. for the safety of everybody who's working in the shop, you don't want anybody who used to work there having a key to yeah. the salon. And then two, a lot of stylists um, shop hop. So you want to have a minimum. Um, I did do a, a you do want to have like a 30 day grace period just to see if they if they're a good fit for you and if you're a good fit for them. So basically after that thir- after that 30 days either, you know, hey, do you want to be here or you know, or if you don't think that they're a good fit, hey, it's not going to work out. Because um yeah, a lot of like I said a lot of um stylists, they'll shop hop, they'll go from shop to shop and that that's kind of when you're trying to run a business like um you having people Oh, one month they're here, one month they're at another shop, one month, you know what I mean? It's not beneficial to you. You know what I mean? And really it's not beneficial to them neither, whether they know it or not, because clients get tired of running from shop to shop to shop to shop with you. You know what I mean? And it's it's sometimes it's hard to keep stylists and it has nothing to do with you or your salon. It's just that they lack the consistency or whatever. But in order to do that, I you know, most salons that are that I know that um are successful they do like a six month yeah. lease or whatever and that way if they break the lease then they have to pay the rest yeah, of that lease out yeah. because it's just it just it's it's like a waste of your time like you yeah. know what so I mean? if they do a six month lease do they pay you month they pay you monthly or did they pay the entire six or how does that well they pay you week to week oh week to week I yeah got you. I got you know you. they pay you week to week but you know you can do like a three month lease, you can do a six month lease or whatever. Um, it's really just up to you. But it's kind of not beneficial, you know, for them to kind of, you know, it's wasting your time. You can get somebody who actually really want to be there. Yeah. So uh, in that particular business model, it's something I just thought about. Um, so if they, if you have the lease instruction, they pay you from week to week. When it comes tax time, do you ten ninety nine them or? How does that work? Yes. So okay. you would 1099 them for their salon space because they want to be able to file that on their taxes. So that would be good. Um, so would they be considered like independent contractors? Yes, I guess? they are independent uh-huh. contractors. Interesting. Yes. Stylists are independent um, contractors. So they're liable for all of their own um, stuff. But that's a good business model for um for salon owners um, who are renting spaces, um, that's the best way to rent the space because that way it saves. It makes sure the stylists that you do mm-hmm. that do come in are serious. I got you. But then too, with with stylists, you want to be somewhere and be consistent. You don't want to shop hop because that shows your clients that you're inconsistent. You know, and then as a salon owner, you want to provide a space that's comfortable for your stylist and that's beneficial to them as well. You want to, you know, keep it clean and stuff like that. So also with um, with, you know, providing the space and everything, you you are responsible for keeping the common areas clean and things like that. They're only responsible for their station area and things like that, that that they would get dirty and things like that so you know <laughs> then that's the thing too because it's like salon owners they just want you to rent the booth i mean they just want you to rent it but they don't want to keep up they don't want to keep the upkeep of the salon you know yeah. what i mean yeah. so good deal so 
it sounds like you really learned a lot during that process because uh you know if y'all looking at starting a salon she just dropped y'all some gems on on she gave y'all the whole place so you know hope you hopefully you taking those rewinded or whatever the case may be but she uh she gave you the play and I, I feel like that's kind of key to development you know what i'm saying like people that have done it before us and kind of been down that path yeah and like you probably just collapsed time for a lot of people that are inspiring to open their own shop, you know, because what you ju- you just gave them the whole play on how to do it. And so they can just go in and just implement those things. So you just straight mentor somebody, you know, so some of y'all just got developed for the free. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I mean, it, it's beneficial to those. Me, I'm just, I think with me, the reason why I didn't work also is because I'm so introverted. Mm-hmm. Like I would, um, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty much when I work, I'm gonna talk to my client. I'm not the, the whole like I don't talk to the whole staff, and we gonna hang out mm-hmm. after work and all that stuff. Yeah, that's that's not me. Yeah, just stay in your lane. <laughs> yeah, I mean we cool. I don't have anything against anybody. Like I yeah. might come out every blue moon and stuff like that, but you know. Yeah, I mean, I even as an employee, when I was working for people, I didn't ever, you know, I mean, every so often I try to hit up some of the events or whatever just to kind of, but I just be having other things going on. Like, shoot, I'm I'm working for somebody, and then after work, yeah, I want to get together this, that, and the other. I got to work on my entrepreneur stuff because I'm trying to get away from the nine to five, right? But I do think that <laughs> it's cool when salons have the whole salon family vibe and they do stuff after mm-hmm. work and things like that. But I like being by myself. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, it's uh, I think too. I think a two I think too a part of our development because um most most people that are introverted like so I know growing up I was heavily introverted real shy we talked about that you know how we both were shy and so I don't know like I don't know really what switched for me I and actually I know what switched for me um one of the things that I noticed that God would do uh with me is that he would put me in positions to make me uncomfortable like all the time and and honestly it was because of the purpose that was in there he was trying to pull that out of me and so uh I couldn't stand speaking in front of a large crowd that's two or more people (laughs) that's me and one other person I still can yeah and so well I can as long as I'm sitting down like yeah. I can't stand in front of a whole bunch of people and talk. Now, if if everybody's not looking at me and I'm just sitting in a crowd like everybody else and I and talking, yeah. I can do that. Yeah, I don't think you heard what I said. I said two or two or more people. So it could be me and one other person. It could be you. I am a nervous wreck. That was back in the day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Crazy man. So, but uh. I just got put, kept, um, and I, and it was just a part of my development, you know, in the journey, you know, because I was thinking like, uh, when I even before like I accepted the call to preach, I was, uh, you know, I was in college. I think that was probably one of the first times where I was like outside of like a speech or something for for like um, church or something for Easter, you know what I'm saying? But um, when I was just kind of put in a 
in a predicament, you know what I'm saying, where I had to get up in front of some people that I ain't know, and I had to talk, and I was like, oh, my goodness, man. And it was like I, my whole chest was about to come out, and it didn't stop, you know. At church, it was the same way. You know, anytime I got up in front of people, I was just a nervous wreck. But what I found out over the course of time, it was like uh, the more that I – it's like the more things that you know you're more comfortable with because you know it, you know, or or you'll get more familiar with it. So it was just developing me to be better or get better. And then I would get feedback from people um, like when I would speak in front of people of different things, different mannerisms that I was doing. And uh, and I never really like took the time to kind of like like record myself you know, speaking and doing different things like that. But I started doing it enough to where I started kind of kind of picking up on certain things. But I had a lot of bad habits, you know. And I noticed, like, you looking at my hands when I do like that, you know, from time to time. So I don't know if that's a thing, you know. But that's It's okay to that, talk with your hands. Yeah, so, you know, it's just different things that I would check out, you know. But it's like at the same time, you know, you want to be able to express yourself and try to, and, and try to kind of get – the message, you know what I'm saying? Because I think it's a way, you know. Well, I think that you should talk with your hands because if you're just standing up there like this. Looking like a robot. That's, <laughs> that's going to look kind of weird, you know. If you sit up there, I am not going to. <laughs> kind of how you was doing on Facebook earlier. <laughs> I, I still be nervous no matter what. I be trying to make myself get on Facebook Live so I won't be as nervous. Like right yeah. now, I'm still nervous. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. my heart is beating so fast right now talking. Straight up. But I'm still nervous because the camera's on. I got you. Like I'm trying not to look at it. I didn't yeah. <laughs> I haven't looked at the camera the whole time we've been podcasting. I've been trying to look at you. That's good. Because yeah. I'm nervous. That's good. And so and that's that's how we uh and we're just being transparent, y'all. Um, but that's how I want it to be like. Um, I think as we go, it's gonna get more natural because honestly, it's just me and you. It's just so happen we can hear hear ourselves, you know what I'm saying? And so I think it'll just come natural, you know, the more we, we do it. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna keep doing it. We're gonna uh, drop y'all a new episode um, once a week. Um, and as we get more into it, we may start doubling it up. You know, just depend on how how much um, y'all into it and everything. And so, uh, but yeah. Uh, before I guess we close out. Um, so we said what? Um, trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, said reading uh, was good. Uh, research. Research uh, definitely research. Yeah, research. Um, so I would I would say of course like mentoring, coaching, but a lot of that goes in you know in in with that. And try to be your authentic self. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How and important would you say that is? I think that's very very important. So like I've been trying with the podcast. Like this is me all the time. The no makeup. Um, just and she's so cute. Just thrown together type. <laughs> um, I like. I'm, I'm a tights girl. Just throwing some tights and a t-shirt or something like that. Yeah. So I've been. I didn't. I, I said that I wasn't just gonna put on makeup to come get on the podcast. Ninety um, percent of the time, I wear glasses. Yeah. Um, I rarely ever wear my contacts. The only time I wear my contacts is if we go to a event or something like that. Um, I much prefer to wear my glasses. They're so much more comfortable to me. Yeah. And plus, you know, I think uh, it develops your eyes. 
because you know we all know you're you're half blind. You didn't need to <laughs> tell them that. Yeah, but um, I think uh, I think we've done done a good episode for you all. Um, y'all drop us some comments. Let us know what you think. Let us know if we helped you out or. Also, uh, as my wife said on the last one, uh, any anything y'all would like for us to talk about or touch, you know, just drop us some comments. Le- let us know. Uh, also, rate us on uh, the podcast. We're on all the platforms um, that you can listen to uh, podcasts on. So be sure to follow us on those platforms or your favorite platform. Um, oh, we on Instagram. Y'all will see all those links if you're following us on uh, YouTube, uh, make sure you uh, follow us there. It's uh, I am underscore DeConte on YouTube. Um, that's uh, where we all load the podcast and everything. Uh, also, follow us on IG. Uh, mine is I am underscore uh, DeConte Allen. Oh, no, it's just DeConte. Yeah, I am sorry. I am underscore DeConte. And yours. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. And mine is at she, S H E underscore s-s-u-c-h-a-d-o-l-l at she's such a doll yes yes and so um we will i guess catch y'all in the next episode y'all be sure y'all subscribe to the channel and follow us on those podcasting platforms and give us a high rating we'll love it it helps us to get the podcast out there and continue to drop these dope episodes bye